0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. What's one of the biggest surprises you ever had in your life? Yes, Maddie. Yes, one of the biggest surprises. What about you, Nate? (laughs) I'm not supposed to have favorite children, but I do now. What are the biggest surprises in your life? One of the biggest surprises in your life, yeah? A new, a new car. Yes, those are fun. All right, cool. What another big surprise you had in your life? Anybody else? I asked this question of, the, uh, of the, uh, some, some of the staff, and uh, one of them said that finding out they were pregnant with twins, or finding out that they were pregnant like as they were still having a, a, like a newborn, and they were like pregnant again. Anybody ever had folks in your family like that just say, yeah? Right, or or like um, a career path change that was like wasn't quite in my life plan that I was going to go this direction, but I got surprised and God moved me in this other direction. Or uh, for example, like a child jumping out and scaring you as you're walking down the hallway. Anybody have those kind of kids that do that stuff? Man, I guess that's more like that's more almost like leaning towards like shock. Like shock are those problems for those the surprises that aren't awesome, right? Um, one of them was telling us about this um, uh, moment where she got in her car and she was driving home, and I kid you not, a snake came out of her engine compartment up onto her windshield while she was driving. That's a whole lot of nope for me right there. Or, um, or, or picked up at school and uh, found out you were being moved. Uh, they, they, they found out they were moving that day. There's all these kind of different things. A family member had cancer, or, or maybe even some of you guys remember where you were when you heard about uh, the planes crashing into the World Trade Center. Anybody remember? Raise your hand if you remember where you were. Gosh, right? It was an insane moment. Sometimes I watch those old like, 9-11 documentary things, and I just get lost, and especially in those news broadcasts, just to think about what was happening and like what, where was my head that whole time, just all the things that were going on in that moment. And I get this pit in my stomach because that devastation was so real. Like seeing all of that dust fly down the street, do you remember? And it was just like everything was covered. It was so vivid, and it really hurt to see it, staring at that devastation. I'm going to start and read to you from uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 through 10. And um, actually, I don't know if if we got it on the screen. Can we put it on the screen? Would that be all right? So we're going to read this, um, Ezekiel 1 through 10. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Read this devastation. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, (laughs) I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. <laughs> and he said to me, prophesy to of these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Keep going there. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Like this is like a walking dead moment all of a sudden. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says: Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. There's no way, there's no way these bones can live, right? I mean, imagine that devastation. That's that 9-11 kind of devastation. That's the thing we saw all over the news with Michael. I mean, like, there's panhandle cities that are just gone. I mean, it's just like remnants of, looks like trash. And I start thinking of like, what do you even do with all that? I mean, imagine the amount of just junk. I was thinking about it while, while Jeff was praying, like the things that I've got like downstairs in my house, just being strewn about everywhere, lost, damaged. And when he said memories, gosh, all of a sudden I thought about all these family pictures and wedding albums and all the things that are just devastated, just gone. That's the Ezekiel scripture. But There's a couple of things to note. God said prophesy over it. Speak it to life. Brothers and sisters, when you're staring at death, when you're staring at dry bones, call on the Holy Spirit to breathe new life into it. God wants us to be a part of that story. Second thing. They use the word tendons in this translation. I saw another one that said sinews. S-i-n-e-w-s. Everybody say that. Sinews. Sinews is one of those. Um, <laughs> sinews is one of those words that, like, I kind of wish it wasn't a word. Like moist. <laughs> Shouldn't be a word. But these are the first fruits of the whole body coming together, when the dry uselessness of your lives. God wants us to look. For the sinners, look for the first fruits of that resurrection. We can't be afraid of loss, grief, because we know that that's not the end of the story. Speak it to life. Look for the sinners. Turn to your left and right and tell those folks sitting there. Speak it to life. Look for the sinners. Go ahead. See, this is like case in point. This baptism. a beautiful moment, amen? Such a cool thing. This is the moment where God just takes over and being remade as a child of God. Everything becomes new, but like we talked about in 1st Peter, I said this scripture, right? That Satan prowls like a roaring lion. Spiritual warfare is real and we forget sometimes God's promises, don't we? Well if we do, let me just tell you, you're in really really good company. Everybody good so far? All right, let's look at John 11 really quick. John 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one that poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. Everybody got it? Say got it. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Two two things. He, he, He loved them, so he waited for two more days? Jesus just taking his time? Like, what's going on here? Jesus just taking his time? Yes, because time belongs to the Lord of the Lords, right? This is the hardest thing for us sometimes is that we want things like right away. We want them in our time. We want to be able to figure it out and notice what that is for us. And we want God to do that thing on our schedule. (laughs) But Jesus knows that resurrection is coming. And as a matter of fact, Jesus in this story is in his last month of earthly ministry. And his timing was all on purpose because now, how, how many of us get out of shape because God's timing isn't our timing? Say yeah. Own it. <laughs> There's lots of awesomeness to unpack here, but I'm going to skip on to verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Everybody say, yuck. Really? Everybody say, Yuck. Yes! Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That speaks to me this morning. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I'm sure that's exactly how she said it, too. I know, Jesus, he's going to rise again at the end. But if you had been here on my time, on the way I expected it to happen, then this wouldn't have happened. What a faith-filled response, though. It seems like she's the one that gets it better than anyone, right? Like, I know the end of the story, Jesus, but relationship with Jesus is not always about what happens then. Like, that's the worst part for times for us as Christians, is that we think that the relationship that we have with God is all about what happens after we die. But no, relationship with Jesus is just as much about then as it is now. It's about the right now, and Jesus is going to bring resurrection to their house today. Verse 25 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I get so fired up. I'm knocking things over. The one who lives and believes in me, even though they die. And whoever lives and believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Notice, he starts the whole thing by, come back one real quick. He said to her, read those next two letters, words. I am. He said to her, I am. Come on, church. He said to her, I am we got to take a look at that. Not just, I will be, or I have been, resurrection. I am the resurrection right in front of you, in this moment. Jesus says, God is resurrection. God is new life. Not just someday, some way far down the road, but right now, here in this place. Surrounding this scene, though surrounding this scene is person after person, it said, that came from this two miles away. Lots of folks came around, and they're mourning. They're at a loss. It's a sad sight. We skip down to verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said the same thing Martha said. Read it with me right there. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's the second time we've heard this. It's the second time he's heard this. Martha is the logical one, right? She's the sec- schedule maker. She's the, she's the doer. Where are my schedule makers in here? Raise your hands. Y'all are the ones that live by, like, that. we got things to do list, and that's the way it happens. And how many of, how many of y'all are the, uh, the Marys uh, that y'all just kind of, what happens, whenever it happens? Anybody with me on that one? Say, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. But Mary is the faithful one, right? Not Martha, right? Wait a second. They're both same. Wait a minute, I thought the logical one would be there to say, well, we know this is exactly what's going to happen. This is the schedule, and when God's going to move, and I just know it's going to happen because this is the way it works. Or maybe it's the other side where it's the faithful one that says, Lord, whenever, but, you know, I would love if you, but they said the same thing. They were both uptight. They were both frustrated. And they said, Lord, if you had been here and done it the way I wanted to and been on my timing, on my clock, then my brother wouldn't have died. And the reason is because grief and loss hits us all, no matter who we are. It makes us say and do weird things. It had to have been an emotional sight. But this is important because it means that whether you're Mary or whether you're Martha, all of us get hit the same way with hurt and loss. When Jesus saw her weeping, this is verse 33, And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, they asked. He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. See, that's the thing. Jesus cares so deeply for them. And Jesus cares for you, too. And you, too. And you, too. Jesus cares for you, and you, and you, and you, all of us. Then the Jews said, See how he loved them. But some of them said, and here it comes. Y'all ready for this? Here it comes. Some of them said, "Could could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept his man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, this is the logical one, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor. For he's been there for four days. And everybody said, yuck. (laughs) <laughs> this is all of us standing outside. This is all of us. Not the stink, although some of us stink. It's the doubt. They knew what he could do. This is the last month of his ministry. Think of everything that's happened. So much relationship that they've had. They have seen everything, and still they stand here. Lord, why are you even messing around? What's the... T- It's a tomb. He's been in there for four days. He's going to be smelly and gross. And if you open that up, it's just going to hurt because not only do we know he's dead because we're going to see that he's dead, but we're going to smell that he's dead. That stench is going to take hold of us and we're going to be stuck in it all again, Lord. There's no way. It's absolutely impossible that we could stand out here outside this tomb and that you could do anything. You should have already been here and done it on my time. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always heard me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they might believe that you sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face, And Jesus said to them, read this line with me, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Surprise, Mary. Surprise, Martha. Resurrection isn't just way, way down the road, it's today. In the face of devastation, Mary and Martha forgot who Jesus is. So much so that as he's standing before them, he says those two words. You remember what they were? I am. Say it with me, church. I am. And Jesus had to remind them, I am the resurrection and the life. I am possible when you're staring at impossible. And then he shows them how powerless impossible is. Scripture says God walked Ezekiel back and forth amongst the bones. Do you remember seeing that? He said he walked him back and forth amongst the bones. Why in the world would God do that? I mean, like, is he some sort of sadistic God that just wants you to see, look at all of that? Oh, it's so nasty. Look at all the bones. They're so dry. No. He's not just messing with him. He doesn't want to rub it in. He doesn't want him to become all mopey. God wanted Ezekiel to see what God was about to change, what God was about to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. We had a personnel meeting on Friday. A personnel meeting is a really cool thing where we get together and we dream. We dream about everything that we want to see happen in 2019. So, we put together all the different parts and pieces of what we want to do from a staffing perspective, and we take it in and we say, if we had everything we could do, this is what we would want it to look like. And those are always crazy meetings because budget time's coming up, right? You know, this is the time of the year the church makes their budget going into 2019. I know I got some council people in here that are already getting a little nervous about all that coming up. Don't worry, we're going to be all right. Don't worry. We want to close the doors yet, at least not yet. And we're talking about this purchase of property for Christ South. And there's all these kind of big things. And the larger church is still dying all around us, right? I mean, we're putting stats together that says that Christ South is twice as large. Twice as large. More than twice as large than the normal like ELCA Lutheran church. But it's actually twice as large as across the denominations. The average size of the church now is 75 people from congregation to congregation. We're seeing 130 to 150. But the church is dying all around you. The stench, Lord. Why would we put all this extra time and energy and people and money and Why would we buy land? That doesn't make any sense. We, we surely can't do all of that. Like, there's surely not going to be enough. For us to be able to do the ministry of God, and we're standing outside the tomb, brothers and sisters, saying, don't open it up, because there's a stink that's going to come out, and I don't want to be a part of it. Maybe God's walking us around this, that we see all of those details, that we look at all of those line items, all of those different pieces, not because God wants us to just be stuck it or rub it in, the whole church is dying, you're not going to have enough to do it, or that we would sit there and be all mopey, but God is not doing that at all. God's showing us every detail, how important impossible it will be so that when God turns the impossible into possible, we won't forget one detail. We won't forget one day where we came in here where the air conditioning was off. We won't forget one day where we had to set up all of those chairs and we put together the new stage and it smashed on Ben's hand and now he's bleeding before worship. We won't forget one detail about how hard it was to trudge that Ben's going to be all right, everybody. Don't worry about that. God's not walking us around all that putting us through all of that to mess with us. God's given us an opportunity to see what it means so that we can tell the story about how God took our impossible. You're going to start a church in a dying time of church? You kidding me? You're going to purchase land and do something amazing, a whole new paradigm for church? Are you kidding me? No way. That's impossible. Nobody's that ridiculous. You're going to add staff. You're going to continue to build infrastructure in a church that's dying? What if we don't have enough money? What if the stench is too much, Lord? What if the stone's too heavy for us to roll away? Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and be set free because I am the resurrection, because I am the life. Today, maybe you're staring at dry bones. Maybe there's something going on in your life that just feels empty and lost and full of pain and full of death. Let me tell you, maybe it's the tomb of your marriage or your career or your relationships or your test scores or even your goals. I had all these goals, Lord, and I hadn't hit a one of them and I'm falling short consistently. Back in January, I was gonna lose 20 pounds and I gained 10. (laughs) Instead of staring at it without hope, we remember that we are an Easter people. Amen? Amen. We start speaking new life into it. We start staring at the sinews of what God is putting back together. So take off your grave clothes and live. What is it for you, brothers and sisters? What seems impossible? What seems like there's just no possibility of healing and new life? What is it for you? Take off your grave clothes and live. See the resurrection and the life today. Where are you seeing death and dry bones? Where do you need God to surprise you with possible? Brothers and sisters, when you start looking at those places, get ready for God to bring new life hope and healing. The Lord's calling you right now by name. Lazarus, come out. Ezekiel, prophesy. The Lord weeps over you in your pain and loves you beyond measure. So stop hanging around inside a tomb. Come alive. Take off those grave clothes and live and get ready. To see God make possible out of the impossible. Pray with me if you will. Good and gracious God, you come before us with new life. Resurrection, hope, and promise that we don't have to stare at dry bones and feel like that's the story. We don't have to stare at the tomb. You are resurrection and life. And in the waters, you call us to that life. And we know, Lord, that one day we'll be raised again with you around the victory feast of the land because in those waters, you said the promise is true, the promise is forever. But Lord, we wanna see resurrection today right now in our lives. Help us to let it go, to trust in you. Bring us to new life, O oh Lord. Take off our grave clothes and make us live. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and all of God's children say, Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org, to the online giving tab, and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast, or maybe in person, at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.